Hey guys, welcome back to School Playbook Podcast. Today we will be interviewing Tawny Packer. To give a brief overview for our listeners, she's graduated from UVU with a bachelor's in gender studies and English. We went back um, and went back for a degree in education. She began teaching at Westlake High School for three years. She then transferred to American Fork Junior High, then left AF in 2018 to live in Amsterdam for a year, and now teaches online high school. She's taught English and honors English and began an IEP program, which is, for those that don't know, individualized education program to help students with disabilities. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, you bet. Uh, To start off with the first question, um, what made you want to become a teacher? Was it like a specific moment or was it like a realization over time? You know, it's funny in my family, um, my dad was ill when we were growing up a lot. And so my family has a distinct split. There are three of us, there are five kids, three of whom Um, decided to go into the medical field. So I have a physician's assistant. I have a, sorry for that background noise. Um, Oh, it's okay. I have a physician's assistant sister, a doctor brother, and a nurse sister. And then two of us just wanted to get as far away from that field as we could, because we did not. And so two of us are educators. Um, As far as English teaching goes, I had two amazing high school English teachers. They not only were great at teaching their curriculum, but they cared about their students. And so it was their examples that I thought I could do this. Not I'm good at writing. I love to read, but I could be someone that makes a difference in somebody else's life. So clear back in high school, I think I was 17 when I decided that I wanted to be a teacher. It took a lot longer than the normal four years because I really liked school, hence the couple degrees before I got my education degree. But um, yeah, I knew from the time I was 17 that I wanted to be an educator. Awesome. Um, So then with education, uh, this is just like, I guess, a different question than we um, prepared for. But with your education, what was like is your education worth it to you? Like, were, did you, do you regret going to college for any of these different things? Like, what's the most important part of your education? Oh, that's so hard. You know, education is important, but I don't think education necessarily has to come from a university, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, Absolutely. My education was important because without a degree in education, I couldn't teach. So there are specific fields that you have to have a college for your degree for, right? Um, But education can be gained anywhere. And I think specifically for secondary education, especially when we're talking middle school, um, I don't know that the most important thing I taught my students was the curricula, I think. The most important thing I taught my younger students, it differ, it's different when you're in high school, but the most important thing I taught my younger students was to um, respect authority and to meet deadlines and their time and a place for voice, whether that be formal, formal or informal. Um, so I appreciate, I, I appreciate my education. As far as like my gender studies degree, that was kind of a fluke. 
Um, I took a women's literature class and my professor's like, hey, you should study this. And I'm like, okay, I am an actual, this um, gender studies. My husband is like a little embarrassed that I have a degree in feminism, but <laughs> I was kind of the anti-feminist in that class as a as opposed to like the diehard, I looked at it from a different point of view and it was interesting. And I have a lot to comment on, especially today because of my degree in gender studies, because I know I, I was able to participate in that field a little bit. Yeah, I know. Yes, I you know what it's like there. Exactly, exactly. Um, as far as my English degree, I just like to read and I was a good paper writer. Um, and to be completely honest, I was scared to death to teach. I thought I love the curriculum. I love the academic part, but what if I hate kids? That was my biggest fear. So it took me a long time to get into that education degree. So long answer to a short question. Yes, I do think education is important. I don't think education has to come from a university. Interesting. That's really good. Thank you. Following up so, with how you said, you know, you were afraid of the whole being with the kids part. Um, what are the different grades have you taught? Like how far is your range in that? And kind of what was the, with teaching younger kids and with teaching high school specifically, what was kind of your, uh, the benefits to that for yourself? And what do you think were kind of just some of the challenges that you faced with teaching um, younger students in that sense? So I've taught all grades from seven to 12. Um, when I started at Westlake High School, I was hired, it was a brand new high school and it was a nine through 12 high school, which is different for Utah. Um, and I was hired, hired to teach specifically ninth grade, but I also was the yearbook advisor. And in our yearbook class, I had ninth through 12th grade students. So I was able okay. to teach all of those students all through senior. Um, when I transferred to American Fork Junior, I have taught, I taught seventh, eighth, and ninth. Seventh, I taught a popular literature class. Um, eighth, I taught eighth grade English for two years. And then ninth was kind of where I was the most comfortable. And I taught that, um, I, I taught ninth grade English for 13 years, um, both schools. Um, oh, wow. So the difference, I think, between teaching younger and older. Um, by the time my kids, the reason why I wanted to switch to a middle school or a junior high is because I realized that by the time my students, um, 10th, 11th, 12th graders got to me, they had already formed their opinion on the subject. So based on their seventh, eighth grade teacher, even sixth grade teacher, they had already decided whether they loved or hated English. Um, I wanted to be that person that helped them decide whether they loved or hated my subject, if that makes sense. So yeah, I love that. That's why I decided to switch to a junior high middle school. Now, the reason why I didn't stick with seventh and eighth, I'm a sarcastic person. Um, <laughs> I also am very straightforward seventh graders need a mom more than a teacher they want someone to kind of coddle to love them um they're very huggy touchy <laughs> and i'm that way with my children but i'm not that way with other people's children so i after making 
a student cry for being sarcastic. I think I went to the principal and just said, I got to I got to stop with the seventh grade. Eighth grade was fine. Um, but I just found after my sixth year of teaching, um, I had had my second child and was going to quit and they talked me into staying if I but I could go part time. And so I only taught every other day. And that's when I just focused mainly on my special ed and my honors ninth graders. So I kind of was able to decide exactly what I had taught long enough. I was tenured. I had made a name for myself. They knew what I was capable of. And so I got to choose number one, to only teach part-time, teach every other day, and number two, what exactly it was that I wanted to teach. I didn't have to just take whatever they threw at me. Yeah, really cool that you mentioned, you know, building up that reputation with your advisors to, you know, make sure that they know where you're at in that level and that you're able to start to dictate for yourself what you truly want. I really like that. Right. So then with that, um, with especially with English, it's like, um, What's like been your favorite thing to teach in English? Like, is it a specific subject in English or like a specific book? And if it's book, what book? Oh, geez, I have a lot of good ones. To Kill a Mockingbird will always be my favorite piece of literature. Yeah, um, great book. Yeah, it is a good book. And unfortunately, it's been taken away. Um, I love it. I think there are so many good things to be taught in that book. Um, but I also brought a lot of books in as I started, um, when I started at American Fork Junior and started in the honors program, there was a teacher that had been there for years and years, clear back when I'm from American Fork, he was there when I went to school at American Fork Junior and he just kind of had taught the same thing for 30 years. So I revamped the program and, be, and made it mine. And I brought in books like The Book Thief and Night by Ellie Wiesel and Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl and another really good read. It is a good one. And we read The Princess Bride and of course Romeo and Juliet has to be done in the ninth grade all over the place. It's not my favorite Shakespeare, but that's what we have to do. So there there was a lot there were a lot of books that I I love the book thief. I love Man's Search for Meaning, but as far as just a book that my students loved, and I could get a lot out of them from teaching this book, it, To Kill a Mockingbird, I think will always be my favorite. It was my favorite in ninth grade. Clear back when I read it in ninth grade, it, it was my favorite book. Interesting. Yeah, that's so awesome. then with that, like, so you mentioned um, like The Book Thief and The Princess Bride. What were your reasonings for teaching those books? Like specifically like The Princess Bride and those kind of books. So the Princess Bride we did at the end of the year because we did a lot of heavy reading during the year. I mean, when you look at my, um, I started the book. So I started with The Rent Collector was actually my first book that I would start with at the beginning of the year by Cameron Wright. Um, then I would go into The Book Thief, Night, and Man's Search for Meaning. I taught all at the same time. Some of them they'd take home. Some of them we'd read in class. And then To Kill a Mockingbird was my always my third term and fourth term. I just wanted them to have something light to read. And that was The Princess Bride. So we would do the hero cycle. We would just kind of follow the hero cycle through The Princess Bride and they would get to write their own creative um, hero cycle where like hero's journey. 
where uh-huh. the he- the hero goes and does something awesome. So it was just a creative writing piece at the end of the year because also I didn't let them write creatively very often. My goal was to prepare them for their AP tests in sophomore, junior year. And so we did a lot of analytical writing, a lot of thesis-based, claim-based writing. And so I just let them kind of have fourth term as their, they got to let their hair down a little bit. As far as um, the book thief, we talked a lot about, well, we we studied it at the same time as Man's Search for Meaning and Night. Um, the paper that we were writing at the time, we talked about rhetorical appeals and rhetorical analysis. And we studied censorship and we studied a lot of the things that are actually going on right now. Um, I, I wanted the students they were also studying genocides in geography and they were studying the Holocaust. And so they were learning about Judaism and they were learning about, so we kind of tried to bring the two subjects together, geography and English, so that the students could have an open place to discuss those yeah, kinds of that's perfect because that actually segues into my next question for you, which, and you've mentioned those, you've mentioned man's search for meaning, you've mentioned um, to Kill a Mockingbird and you, you kind of briefly mentioned about how it's um, not a book that's been put in the education system as much anymore, um, mm-hmm. which leads me to the question for you, how do you address these controversial topics that are addressed within these, you know, historical textbooks when you're studying those or like if you're having um, your students read articles or basically any other historical text, what are kind of like, how do you deal with the controversial topics? Okay, this is where I get very opinionated on education. So um, the problem I have with education is it's become a podium for ideals, um, less academic and more. There were students that are teachers that I taught with that I called preachers instead of teachers. Um, They use their classroom as a soapbox to stand up and talk about their ideals. In my classroom, students were given both sides and they were taught how to read both sides. And then they were taught how to discuss both sides. And I was always the mediator. So my students may have asked and did several times, asked what, where I stood politically. I don't know that any of them ever knew where I stood politically because I could play both sides of the fence. Um, so you play heavy devil's advocate? Yes, on both sides. Both I would do, okay, well, that makes sense liberally. Now let's talk about it more conservatively. Or So my, my viewpoint as a teacher is to provide materials and to let the students decide where they go with those materials. Um, and I think that should be how education is. Now, Public ed is going a different way. Um, This is another opinion and it comes as an opinion as a parent, but also as a teacher. Before I was a teacher or before I was a parent, I had these the same thought. Morals should always be taught in the home. So any kind of moral um, social thing should be taught in the home and reinforced in the classroom. So that's where I would use these books is I would let the characters in the book teach the lesson, not myself. So 
the characters would teach about prejudice, not me. It wasn't prejudice according to Mrs. Packer. It was prejudice according to Tom Robinson or Atticus Finch or Scout Finch or Jem or as we're reading the book thief, it was indifference taught by the neighbors, the German neighbors or, um, but it wasn't taught by Miss Packer, or it was taught, indifference was taught by a speech by Elie Wiesel, right? His Nobel Prize winning speech where he talks about indifference. That's who taught it. I didn't teach it, but I provided the materials to the students, hoping that those social and moral issues had been taught in the home. And then I was just reinforcing ideals in the classroom, if that makes sense. But it was never my yeah. place as the teacher to teach us if a, if a parent wants to teach their student to be a complete jerk that's the parent's prerogative that's not my job i'm hoping as a teacher to exemplify differently but it's not my place to raise someone else's child and that mm -hmm. that's where i differ from a lot of public educators if that makes sense yeah so then what so with that i guess what are some lessons you've learned from teaching like i know you've said some but like like specific lessons like i if that makes sense yeah it does um you know 13 years ago when i started i think i was naive in thinking that i was going to save the world as a teacher and that's not true um my biggest lesson i learned was as long as I stuck with the curriculum, then I was safe. As long as I stuck with academics, I was safe. I never, I never came up against any complaints. Well, I did complaints from parents that I was too hard probably were my biggest complaints, but never did I have any one complain that I was teaching their kids something that shouldn't be taught. And I had contemporaries or peers that were teaching the exact same things that would get the same would get complaints from parents. Um, so I just that I wasn't, I as a teacher was not going to change the world. I might change a student, I might show a student that they're cared for, that they're loved, but I wasn't gonna change the world. Um, I learned something from, I learned things from my students every day. That's what I miss the most about teaching in the classroom versus what I do now is I love the interaction I had with kids and what they taught me every day. It was amazing to me how much teenagers knew and how little I thought they knew when I first started 13 years ago and how I thought I was going to go in as the all being all knowing because I had a degree and and every day I learned something from my students. Probably I learned more from them some days than they learned from me. Interesting. So then you mentioned online school. So what's the difference between, what are like the differences you've seen between a public in-person school and a public online school? So the online school that I teach at now, um, our main goal is remediation and acceleration of students. So the students don't attend our online school full-time. Um, they either are the students that get to their senior year and are like, oh no, after they meet with a counselor, I failed a quarter credit of ninth grade English. I didn't take it very serious, so I've got to make it up somehow. So they come to us or students that are 
um, juniors and realize they want to graduate early, that they're done with high school, and so that they'll come to us and accelerate their education. It was a little different with COVID this year. We had a lot of students because they were given the option of either staying home or going in-person learning. We had a lot of students that ch chose East Shore High School, which is the name of our high school. Um, uh -huh. So they were with us full-time, but most of our students are not with us full-time. They're just with a, their a quarter credit here or an eighth of a credit here or just whatever they've filled. Um, the main difference is the interaction with the students, I think. Um, there is definitely more interaction, more personal interaction in a in a mainstream in-person learning classroom where you get to know your students, they get to know you. Um, online is is pretty much just that. I mean, it's just my students don't sit on a Zoom conference with me and I don't teach them personally. The materials material is provided for them. They use the material to complete the assignments and then they turn in their assignments, if that makes sense. Okay. So yeah, that's really good. I think I think what COVID has done is made people realize that there are other options though to just than just basic in-person learning. I think it's really opened doors for education. For those students that hate to sit in a class for seven hours a day. There are other options for them, and I think that is what COVID has done, and I don't think it's going away. That's really good. Yeah, that's, again, you answered my question perfectly, my next one for you. Um, just kind of, are there any changes that, you know, and like you said, it might not ever go back to normal, but with the things that have happened within COVID and within this pandemic, are there different systems that you've discovered teaching online that you would like to start applying more in your everyday classroom when things kind of come back to normal public education system? Yeah, I think so. Technology for sure. I was always at the old school mentality. I mean, I used a whiteboard and pen or whiteboard markers and I made my students turn in hard copies of essays and I, we like ripped apart essays, but they were all, I mean, so technology is, is huge and if and when I go back to a mainstream normal classroom setting, I think I'll use those um, skills that I've gotten teaching online and use them in my classroom more. It, it makes for a much more interesting um, interaction with students, the way all of the new, and it's within a year, there's all of these brand new ways to teach uh, using technology that I think will be awesome in the classroom for those students that don't do well with just lecture-based learning. Yeah, that's perfect and super great that you've been able to do that because especially with just, I know my senior year has been like a really different situation, um, but it has helped propel me to become a little more of a self-educator and like those kind of systems will um, definitely just like kind of the balance between the two. So that's really great. Yeah. So for the last question, I um, just wanted to ask uh, this. We've asked all of our interviewers this. Um, if you could go back in time and talk to your high school self, what advice would you give them? Uh -huh. Oh, my goodness. My high school <laughs> self. Um, so I always used to tell my students I'm the teacher I am because I was the student I was. I was not a good student. Um, I was lazy and I was defiant. Um, 
I thought I knew everything. And, but I could get away with it because the teachers I had didn't, didn't set high expectations for their students. Um, the soft bigotry of low expectations. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? There are some teachers that are still like that, that just think, why, why set high expectations? They're not going to meet them. And my answer to them was always, well, they won't if we don't set them. They're never going to meet those expectations if we don't set them high. So I would tell myself back then to set my own expectations for myself, um, set higher expectations for myself. Because I just did my my thing was, do you know what? If I could get a if I can get a B without trying, why would I try? I mean, it, why would I do homework if I could? if I could get a B or even an A minus, like why would I, and my parents would be so exasperated with me and why don't you put any effort into anything? And I'm like, why would I? Like I was fine with mediocrity. Um, uh -huh. I would tell myself to not be because then in my house, it wasn't an option to not go to college. Um, that just was, I was raised knowing I graduated high school and that was the next step for me is to go to university and go to school. It took me almost seven years to graduate. Well, I had three bachelors by the time I was done, but to graduate where I could get a job with one of my bachelor's degrees. And it was because the first year was a throwaway year. I got into college and all of a sudden and my teachers were not my friends. That was shocking to me. Like they didn't want to just hang out and I couldn't just get a good grade by just schmoozing my way through the class. That was shocking to me. And so I tried to set up my classroom to help prepare my students for life after school, as opposed to just get, getting through my class. And I think that's what I would go back and tell myself that there was more beyond high school and whether I went to college or whether I just went into a job, I needed to learn skills to not be lazy to survive in life. And I didn't have those skills. Luckily, I got them because my parents cut me off and told me they weren't paying for anything. So I had to figure things off out eventually. So, tough love. It was tough love and I appreciate it and I love it. I love them for it because I deserved every bit of tough love that I got. Yeah, but that's great that you set those priorities for yourself and you at least had time to uh, to catch yourself in those in college, especially to learn that. Um, and it's all it's always a continuous learning process. Right. So really great. Um, well, that I think wraps up the questions that we have for you. So thank you so much for your time, Mrs. Packer. It's been really fun to interview you. And um, I mean, I've already learned so much from you, and I hope that our listeners, when they listen to this, are able to um, draw some pretty cool things out. Um, and then thank you all for listening and we will see you next week.